0: Hey everybody, I would like to welcome you to another episode of Pop Culture Gems. This is what series where we talk to amazing creators, artists, cosplayers, voice actors, and so much more. If you like the interviews we do with our terrific guests, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the CFG channel. We also release Pop Culture Gems on all podcast services like Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, all sorts of types out there. Or go to our main website, confreaksandgeeks.com to not miss an episode today. I am speaking to an incredible legend in the voice acting field. She has been in the VO game for over 30 years. If you grew up in the 90s and watched the cartoon show, odds are you have heard her voice. She has... (laughs) Played nearly 700 roles, putting her in the Guinness Book of World Records as playing the most female voiceover roles uh, out there. She has played.
1: In video games. In video games. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes.
0: Video games. There you go. And uh, she has played uh, Rivet from Ratchet and Clank. Female Shepard from Mass Effect, Ash and Overwatch, Miss Keen from Powerpuff Girls, and so much, much more. I would like to welcome Jennifer Hale to the show. How are you Thank
1: doing? You. I'm great, Davis. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me hi everybody welcome glad
0: you're here <laughs> <laughs> yes thank you i was kind of i was like uh, i had to take off my nerd hat and i was like kind of fangirl that I just sent it out i'm like oh my god i get to i get to interview you it's, it's awesome you're <laughs> definitely putting a mark on my list right now <laughs> oh, that's
1: super cool to hear thank you
0: <laughs> yes so like that's so like always i always ask this for all like for everybody but uh like what is your story like what got you into the voice acting game
1: I, I literally fell into it. I went to a fine arts high school. Regular high school wouldn't have worked for me. That just wasn't a fit. And um, and I so I went to the fine arts high school. So I was already learning how to speak, um, acting stuff, how to speak without an accent because I lived down south. And I ended up getting a job at a fi- video production studio that was next door to an audio studio and they asked me to come next door and do a valley girl because i think a friend of mine's mom had told them that i could do that and um and then they paid me and i was blown away and i was like what what you paid me for that and so i i got the bug and i just pursued it like a business um that's what drew me to it. it was it was fun it was i understood it it was it seemed it felt natural to me and quick to me, and I um, I could earn a living, which was super appealing. Even though I was still like in high school, but I was like, I want to do this, um, and so I I started. I got mentors. My key was I got mentors, and I just kept asking them what to do next, and paying them for their time, and and doing what they said. I just did what they said. And I eventually went door to door, cold calling ad agencies and stuff. And that was in Birmingham, built up a business in Birmingham, then started commuting back and forth to Atlanta where films and stuff were. And I got my first film audition and I booked it and I really enjoyed it. And then I eventually moved out to LA to pursue the on-camera stuff. And I worked, but not enough to support myself full time. And so I ended up uh, a couple of years in going, I should make a Voice over tape and i did and then boom my first audition was um the callbacks for where on earth is carmen san diego uh, for the role of ivy and uh, i booked it and i was not even allowed to watch cartoons as a kid so i didn't know
0: what i was doing
1: <laughs> i was like i'm just gonna just guess here and let's just see what happens yeah so that's that's my kind of quick origin story
0: oh my god wait so, it was like for like, well, first stop so like you had a taste of it in high school then later on you can't you came back to it oh no I
1: started then as soon as uh, I did my first gig because I I actually I should back up I was a singer first I started singing in rock clubs when I was 15 and so I I had you know vocal training and stuff and I had the discipline to practice and show up and so I um immediately after that first job I just started asking questions and pursuing it and pursuing it and pursuing it and pursuing it it on the side and then by the time I was in like my I think second year of college it became
0: my full-time job yeah. oh okay i see yeah. wow that's yeah. that's amazing especially yeah that, i mean during that during that time though just to, yeah just to get yeah. in that's that's awesome yeah and,
1: i had there were no agents where i lived in birmingham and i had to create my own business yeah
0: yeah and what's even actually more impressive is that you said you had you found people that that that, that mentored you and i mean because like during that time i i mean i can only imagine it must have been it wasn't that it wasn't that hard easy to do something like that oh. right
1: well, they, they were, it was Greg and Courtney and, and Nancy, and they worked, they ran the local studio and they, I just kept asking them, what do I do next? And actually, you know, I've got my, my skills dot life um, mug <laughs> here. And that's the same principle that I founded this on was, was like, okay, people who are experts at this buy some of their time, ask them what to do and then go do what they said. It's super, super straightforward. <laughs> just oh, wow. That's what you do. And I just started doing that from the get-go. I think I was like 18 by the time I you know, donned a suit and put my hair up in a bun and started going down the list, cold calling ad agencies. It was nauseating when I made <laughs> myself do it because that's what you have to do, right?
0: You got to get so. that grind. It's the grind, mm-hmm. man. That's the grind. how the grind. Yeah. yeah. Totally understandable. It's, your,
1: it's a business. People forget this. It is not a show up, You know, be fabulous and lightning will strike you. It's a business. It's show up, do the work. Show up, do the work. Show up. Do the work. Oh, shiny moment! Show up. Do the work. Like that's the job,
0: yeah. <laughs> right? And yeah. I mean, like and you said earlier that you that that you originally was a singer. And I knew initially that you that you wanted to be a singer. Uh, uh, uh when you first started your career, uh, your career and uh, release. But and you did release your first singles in 2020. Like, was there a driving force that made you like want to release your music like this recently? Like, I mean, you know, I
1: your- I think I finally got a minute to breathe Michelle Boback who's just a lovely lovely voice actress and person and and she's like you know we're going to get your song out there and so we recorded it actually a couple years earlier down in LA and I moved I moved out of LA and I something in me just went okay it's time and I finally decided to release the song and then Phil Lamar who's another brilliant voice actor his son Isaac is a wonderful musician and and I called him he was at university and I was like hey how do you distribute a song and he's like well I use this platform and it's really good and I was like sweet thank you and that's that's the whole story like okay I finally someone just told me how to do it and so I was like again find someone who knows how to do it you know <laughs> be reciprocal with your exchange for their time and and thank you know I really appreciated it it was amazing yeah and then wow. so that was the first song it was called never and right around that time, Christopher Paolini had reached out and asked me to um do the audiobook for his new fractal verse, which was is a brilliant universe. And the first book he released was To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. And he had heard um never and he asked me if I would consider writing a song for the book. And I went, never thought of that, but I'd love to. So Having never written for hire, I reached out to my friend, Todd Herfendahl, who does write for hire all the time. And I was like, Todd. And so um, he came up with a framework and then together we um, wrote and co-produced. And then I sang uh, Sea of Stars and I sang it here in my home studio. Like It was like 1030 at night. I just did what I thought was a scratch track with a bunch of ideas and Todd like wove it all together. And then we went back and forth on ideas and tweaks and things, and that is the song "Sea of Stars," which I I just love that song so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, Man, that yeah. is awesome. You know, it's kind of funny. I'm kind of here seeing the trend here that you're that you're like you surround yourself with people that like like you're saying like uh, surround yourself with people that makes your makes whatever you touch fairly successful. Though I mean, well, it's just, <laughs> it, it, makes,
1: it makes it complete. Like the success of it's going to be what it's going to be, right? But I think we don't do stuff alone. This self-made thing, like, yeah, sure. By definition, I'm a self-made person. I, I did not come from any kind of, you know, affluence. I came from opportunity because I, I look white. I'm not completely white, but I read as white and I had a university education and, and that sort of thing. And that's a huge advantage in this world, but every single set that I have, I, you know, I, I made it happen. Right. And so, but I didn't do it alone. And I don't Mm. think we do things, again, I'm coming back here to this, you know, this site that, you know, my sister and I started with our friend, Bill. Like, you don't do stuff alone. I've realized that about myself. I have a certain very specific skill sets. I'm, you know, I'm I'm full of ideas and full of thoughts and full of energy and impulses. And follow through is often difficult. And so partnering with people who can do it with, with oneself, I find super effective. You know, And I go in and out of those partnerships, like, I need to be by myself to do this part. Okay, now I need to come back in and get this piece. And then I go go back away and be by myself. And the thing with building a voiceover career, a voice acting career, is if you knew how to do it, you'd have already done it. And I'm a huge fan of a shortcut. I'm a huge fan of, do you want to really spend all that time and make all those mistakes? Or do you, do you want to just learn from somebody who's already made the mistakes, and then go forward and make a new set of mistakes like that are just further down the road you mm-hmm. know you'll get there faster when you work in community with people yeah, and, and i'm a, i'm a solo person sir I'm, I'm i'm a i'm very much one of those introvert extroverts i need my time by myself but i still need to dip in and get fuel and direction and focus and then head back out yeah, you know, yeah. But it
0: sounds like it's like yeah. So, basically, but it's, uh, basically, it's like it's not like you're. I mean, you may be introvert or uh, introvert extrovert at the same time, though. You definitely recognize that you know you can't do it by yourself, and and yeah. uh, and you also and like basically being open. If you're very open to criticism or that kind of level of things to yeah. be like to to make will make you a better person. Then I could definitely under, I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah, so, yeah, so and yeah. that's
1: that's humility, right? Like to think that you know how to do something before you've put in the time to do it is. I, I, for me, that experience feels arrogant, um, you know, and yeah, like what yeah, <laughs> no, nope, but I'm, I'm a work in progress, and I always will be, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah and that- one of the like and one of the things that i found very different between you and other like voice actors is like just in general i mean your incredible drive that you throughout yeah. your throughout your career and i mean you've made an outstanding name for yourself in the uh, in, in the voiceover world however you are known for so much more like 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 we was just saying a minute go singer songwriter podcaster entrepreneur just in general like i mean like you were talking about uh, your skills skills hub that life which by the way i have checked it out and i'm like wow this is very fast this is very fascinating i definitely love that I love so the ideas glad. and stuff very cool Thank Thank yes so like i mean i just put like doing all of that i yeah. mean like what gives you the energy to keep grinding the way that you do like is i mean it's incredibly impressive <laughs> well, i mean
1: it's not, it's not a constant thing because i i don't know about you but i have this tendency to get excited about everything commit to way too many things and then i face plant and i have to stop and recover for a while and i've just learned about myself like i have to force recovery before i it hit the wall, you know, because that way I have ironically less downtime. The more downtime I take, the less downtime I need. You know what I mean? Like if I stop and just pause, catch my breath, clear my head, I can have a much steadier pace. I mean, I don't know. I think life's pretty cool. I I my early years, I had a very, very, very tough um childhood. Very tough in terms of my home life, very tough in terms of like, you know, the experience of bullied and all that sort of thing. And and I had a time in my teen years, early teen years, where I didn't, uh, being alive was extremely difficult. And that carried over into my early 20s for a little while. And then I was able very fortunately to to like, well, it wasn't just a gift somebody handed me. I went out and pursued healing. I pursued it with a vengeance, (laughs) you know, with the desperation of those who deeply need it and was able to connect to just how incredible it is to be alive. It's just so cool. You know, I, I've spent a lot of time researching longevity and health and things like that because I, I really do want to stay as long as I possibly can. I just think mm-hmm. it's so cool. And, and I fortunately ideas just keep coming to me and I, I have a visceral sense of the connectedness of all things and the possibilities that are out there. And I live with, you know, the upside of growing up with a, ba- a family with really awful boundaries <laughs> was like all things are possible. that's the upside like sure why not you know like yes i can 100 percent. you know um yeah that's kind of i don't know it's just um i'm very lucky
0: that sounds very i mean like i mean that sounds pretty i mean pretty pretty great i mean it sounds like you had a very good like i mean fairly i mean i'm not saying that i mean like everyone may have a have had a rough childhood i mean a rough childhood but like i mean it sounds like overall you kind of had a positive safety net on wanting on 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 kind of supporting what you're wanting to do overall though right
1: yeah I built that though I mean I grew up you know talking about connection I think one of the reasons I value it so much is I grew up quite isolated and um and I really understand the value of connection i it's it's been something that's been a long time coming to figure out how to do it in a way that doesn't <laughs> slam me into anxiety but it's um I built it and I will say uh, for people out there who deal with you know, kind of a negative mindset that, that they find slows them down and is difficult. Don't feel bad. This was not something a genie came and handed me. Mm -hmm. I literally consciously built this and you can too. Um, if you choose to, if you, if it's something that you want, you can do it. I remember there was a time in my mid twenties when I really got present to how much mental trash I had going on and it was disheartening and discouraging, and I and and I just decided, okay, 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 for every negative that my brain latches onto, like a what if this or what about that, I'm going to manually install three positives. I'm going to manually go, that's only one way it could go. This could be true, that could be true, or that could be true, whether it's a thought about myself, whether it's what people think of me, whether it's what's going to happen, whether it's what just happened. And I forced myself to the point where I would find myself having a negative thought and I'd be like, oh, no. No. Now I have to do this stupid exercise with the 3 pantries, you know? And I just <laughs> did it. I kept doing it until I trained myself into into a newer, better feeling way of thinking and that's ongoing. There's still places where I mean my I have a a pinned post on Instagram and and Twitter that is about your attention. And your attention really is the most one of the most powerful tools you have and it's always going somewhere. Mm-hmm. most of the time we don't even know where it's going we just find ourselves feeling a certain way and it's because guess what that little monkey ran down and you know an icky path and now you feel like life's icky it's just because your brain went on a little trip down there it's 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 fiction so rewrite the fiction that feels better yeah
0: i like i love that yeah. <laughs>
1: the way
0: the way you're describing it that's awesome it's really yeah, it's really just, really good
1: that's just my take on it you know like it's worth what you paid for it right well yeah.
0: It just yeah. seems, I mean, like, just, I mean, it just seems like you always are trying to improve yourself throughout, I mean, throughout everything that's been going on throughout, I mean, every, well, you're making everything like someone of a learning moment, you know? So that's yeah, what it sounds well, we, like.
1: It re- I realized a while back that when anyone walks in a room, their energy walks in that room with them. So are you walking around as a cloud? Or are you walking around as a light or are you walking around neutral? Are you walking around as a dark dagger? Like, what are you walking around as? And you're free to do whatever you want, but choose it. And I realized I did not want to walk in as a dark cloud or a a space-sucking vortex of need and insecurity. Like, I just wanted to walk in as a contribution or in neutral. And so I did that work to to sort of begin to take hold of that. And look, that's a lifelong process, right? Right. Yeah, (laughs) it's a (laughs) lifelong deal. That's part of it. It's it's unfair of us to expect ourselves to get that one down pat. Like I know very few entities on this planet that, that have that down pat. I do know one, but only one. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah it's true that's, that's, yeah. so, that's so great yeah. uh and um uh, and uh you once described uh video game voice acting as acting on steroids mm-hmm. um like like what makes playing a role in gaming in video in voice gaming uh voice acting in gaming so demanding
1: so many things um i'll start with the sheer volume of what we're doing and add to that the fact that it is voice acting, which means you're you're voice acting in you're acting in a void. Like if I'm in this room, I don't have a scene partner in here. i the other person's in my imagination, unless we're fortunate enough to record at the same time, which happens in animation sometimes, but it very rarely happens in games. And um, I also have to keep my face in this little, you can hear how much better the sound got once I like got right on axis. Like I can't leave this axis. It's a little like three inch box and I gotta stay right in here, little cube. I gotta stay right in the cube, right there. And all this can move, but this all has to be silent. How you dress is very specific. But you, you don't have the benefit of props, scenery, you know, lighting to strike the mood, in games, you don't even have the luxury of going in sequence most of the time, because wow. if this is the timeline of the of the cinematic story, you'll do a moment from here and then right after that, a moment from here and then a moment from here and then a moment from here and then back to here, maybe two or three over here, two or three over here, because you're you're flowing based on the technical needs and demands of the game, because those are massive What the team needs is huge. Mm -hmm. So I never worry. I never complain about going out of sequence or whatever. I'm like, just give me context because you don't have context. You're really heavily dependent on those incredible people called voice directors to give you your context in each and every line and each and every situation. Right. And um, the other thing, too, in games specifically is that 90 percent of the time it's cold reading. I don't see that script, the entirety of, you know, Mass Effect, certainly in many, many other games. I saw the, the words to be acted as soon as we got to that line. First time I'd ever seen him.
0: What? Really? Oh, my yeah. God. Like, yeah. So they only give you like a script. They don't give you the script in advance. They just give it to you then and there on what you want, what they're wanting yep. you to say unbelievable yeah. wow yeah.
1: and that's that's game acting though that's the deal you have to be an excellent cold reader you have to trust your instincts enough just to jump you have to you got to make decisions and you got to make super clear decisions and go for it you know alternatively when you do get a script you got to do your homework you got to mm-hmm. i mean you can do homework ahead of time like what's the universe what's the company what kind of stuff do they do do they give me any information to go off of um, do that homework and then don't complain or anxiety over uh, anxiety is not a verb, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> or ge- allow the indulgence of becoming anxious over what you don't know, Accept exactly where the situation is. Cause you only have so much energy to spend in any given situation. And if you tie your up en- your energy up with like, but I don't know this. And what if that, and oh my God, you're burning all your bandwidth. Just stay in neutral. To stay at zero, doo, 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 doo. that exercise I referred to earlier about you know subbing out the the better feeling thoughts. Um, some days I couldn't even get to the better feeling thoughts, so I would just go to zero. I would just practice neutral. What is it? Pra- what is it like just to go to neutral? You know, so I recommend neutral as a great tool when you're when you're getting that pre-performance anxiety. Like you don't know, just just you know, be a goldfish. I don't know what. Oh, <laughs> did that happened. Oh, okay, you know. Just go
0: to neutral. Beagle. Yeah. What was that yeah. like, Ted, Ted yeah. Lasso? Ted Lasso, man. <laughs> I love me Ted Lasso. Anybody
1: oh. who knows who knows that I'm a huge, ridiculous Ted Lasso fan.
0: Oh, I love Ted yeah. La- Lasso. Oh, my this God. oh my life? Yeah. <laughs> and Roy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love i yeah.
0: But like, I mean, I'm like, I was just thinking to myself when you were like kind of on the exa- uh, thinking of the, uh, in examples, like, I mean, I know you played uh, the main bad guy, Kronika, uh, in mortal kombat 11 uh, a couple years and i'm just thinking myself just being a mortal kombat actor about the massive of different ways a person will die in that game Mm -hmm. like stabbed and all this stuff like that it's just like Mm -hmm. i just about the like the amount of yelling the amount of different kinds of punctures and hits and impacts i'm like in the like hours i can only imagine like hours at the booth or uh or something like that right so yeah so yeah yeah, that's
1: definitely part of it that's why you have to stay vocally fit right you gotta you got to keep your, you know, I post a lot on socials, you know, being outside, hiking, walking, doing whatever, because our bodies are instrument. And if you don't have a body you can count on, you know, when I when I teach on Skills Hub, one of the things I teach my my people who come through is build twice the breathing capacity you think you're going to need. Because when you first start going to sessions or showing up at auditions, half of it is going to disappear when you walk in the door because your nervous system's going to hijack it. Cause you're anxious or you're nervous or you're excited or whatever. So you have to build past your capacity and come back. So doing things like, you know, vocally stressful stuff, you're going to need that capacity there as well.
0: Wow. okay. That's really good. Uh, really good advice. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, i just lost my place here it is okay sorry no worries (laughs) this
1: is fabulous i love this conversation (laughs)
0: this is great and uh, thank you um is there a character that you played uh uh, i mean yeah is there a character like in your career that you played that you you may have felt like you know it was underrated by fans that may have missed how awesome or cool that they were
1: oh my gosh I don't think of things in those terms. Mm-hmm. There are characters that I love. Like I think the hex girls should have gotten their own series uh, from Scooby-Doo. That would have been oh, yeah. so amazing. Um, I'm actually surprised
0: that they didn't. Cause the way that they were advertised, cause it was a movie, yeah. right? It was made for,
1: it was a home video. Yeah. It was direct DTV, direct video. Yeah. yeah it was, I, I think the hex girls should have their own show. Cause we can all <laughs> still do it. Kimberly and Jane and I, we are ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i remember like when they were on that high high on like releasing these scooby-doo movies and stuff like animated movies and i was like oh okay yeah. the way that they did I, I don't know why specifically hex girls comes to mind yeah but like the way yeah. that they advertised hex girls i thought that i was like oh okay there must be a thing like a, like the josie and the pussycats kind of thing mm-hmm. or I I, I I don't know but wow i
1: know like we need our own like
0: yeah <laughs> I,
1: i'm still i'm still ready anytime.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was, oh uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lie though. I didn't watch it. But, yeah.
1: but, <laughs> it's okay. But, a lot yeah. of people really enjoyed it and I'm so glad. Yeah. Oh, see, that's good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, like, and uh, what roles do you like to play more? Uh, are you fan- uh, Are you more protagonist or antagonist and why?
1: Oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, again, do a non-answer answer on this one because it's the truth. I love being the protagonist because I don't know about anybody else, but I sure do love that feeling that I got to make it right. Mm. You know, I got to fix the deal, fix the situation and make it right. That is so (laughs) that is some addictive stuff right there. But I also really love playing antagonists because so often their window of behavior is pretty wide you know, you can choose some scenery, you can be super crazy, you can be, and it feels good to spend some hours acting like you would never dare act in the real world because it's so counter to your values, right? That just, it's so much fun. So I did a show recently, it's going to be, they're pulling all their PR materials together now, it's an animated show. And I am just a terrible villain and she's over the top and I got to sing and freak out and oh my god, it was a blast. Yeah.
0: I like. I mean, just. Gonna, I can only imagine because I mean, you know, protagonists have to kind of read, but like, have to. They have a set of rules and guidelines they have to set themselves out, out mm-hmm. to be. But the antagonists, you could go. You're beyond that. You could do whatever the heck you're wanting, oh, to, like whatever, whatever the heck you, you you're want. to be. The, the that's moral compass
1: cool. is wherever you want it to point. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well. <laughs>
0: I like how about this way okay so like it like with your character female shepherd from Mass Effect would you yeah. go on the f- the the positive or the negative side like, the, like oh would man
1: you I'd probably mix it up but I probably would enjoy a nice renegade run I have oh, to God. say because I always say you know Paragon's who I wish I was and renegades what I wish I could say you know? <laughs> so it'd be fun just to say whatever you wanted for an entire run That would
0: be a blast. Yeah. Of all, you can have both. That's that's just how it sounds like. Yes. Yes. And uh, and when the Guinness Book of World Records officially named you the most uh, the most roles of a female video game voice actor, like, uh, how did you take that? I mean, did did it come out of nowhere or like? Because I just can't even imagine. It really
1: did. Well, because here's the thing, and you know, fortunately, this has come more to the forefront in the last few years. Because it's been a few years, and I, I think I still sit on that. On that seat, but when it first happened, women didn't really get the notice that men do. You know, I I don't have a plaque, I don't have anything. I just found out about it on Twitter, and what? I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I picked up the copy of the magazine that it came out, of, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's for real. That's super cool because Steve Bloom got the you know the male the overall the male award at the same time, and and I think be, there is more work out there. At the, especially at that time, there was a ton more work out there for men than women. So he has the official like number above all, but they named me the most prolific female, but no, no, no fanfare, no nothing. But I'm, I'm used to that because it came up in the time. That's the thing. Like I've been very privileged to be a, a to put on my boots and kick down doors, you know, to break trends and things like that. And that is one of my favorite things about my entire career. And so you get used to the way that you're treated in, in those times you just get used to it you don't accept it i don't accept it
0: mm-hmm. but i'm not
1: going to get pissed off and argue and waste my energy over complaining i'm yeah. just going to get to work we're just gonna uh, fix it
0: yeah yeah i mean i do see your point i mean i, I and i think that's a very good point to really like to, uh, to come across on that because but like just to say that they but they didn't even celebrate like you just found that off as a secondhand note from twitter Is a little mm-hmm. I mean that's pretty disrespectful. <laughs> I had to get you know, in my in myself on that, but yeah, I'm not oh gonna take God. it personally,
1: and I, yeah. I disagree with how how people in general do those things. But that's okay.
0: Okay, yeah. You well, know? I mean, I thought that they were I like
1: have it; they can't take it away.
0: <laughs> but I find it very interesting though, because it's just like that, like someone because, like, I mean, I know you probably weren't keeping track of all the roles that you were take that you were doing. I mean, through uh, through this, and it and then uh, then that someone out there acknowledges the fact that you're like oh my god it's like she she's at like this 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 many and they still still do that they're like okay yeah let's just let her know that she's in it and but that's it okay
1: they didn't somebody on twitter somebody else it wasn't them wasn't even them yeah, no, one of my fans on Twitter was like, oh, hey, look at this. And maybe they posted it. Just I have no idea. Nobody got in touch with me directly about it. They probably uh-huh. did post it because how else would that person have known? But and they put it in the magazine, which was super cool. And I have to say, I do appreciate that very much. Mm-hmm. That was super
0: cool. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. OK, yeah. yeah. No, well, I'm not going to make anything, no, make yeah, anything no. out of basically, it. But. Basically <laughs> times are evolving
1: and, and people who come up nowadays have a bit of a different experience, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Cool. And um. And I would like. Lo- uh, and I would personally love. I, I would love your take because I know you're a member of the uh, of SAG-AFTRA. Uh. And you know. And then the most recent SAG-AFTRA strike that's still currently. Ha- I believe it's still currently happening right now for yep. the actor side, right? Uh. And and then now they've gotten the approval. Uh. For voice actors. Uh. Video game voice actors. If they, if they don't get what they're wanting. Uh, that they can also go uh, get get on strike, but so but it actually kind of made me wonder because uh, the big thing of these of the strike is AI is a big is a big topic of it uh, of what's going on and what they're doing in it. But like I just wanted to, I was I was curious like how significant is the threat of AI in the world of voice acting currently now?
1: Well, here's the thing, it's significant in the world at large. Mm-hmm. Remember the name movie um, Terminator? Remember yes. Terminator? Mm-hmm. remember skynet
0: skynet it is skynet, skynet? <laughs> yes
1: this is skynet guys yes mm-hmm. and the thing is that there are people out there making ridiculous amounts of money off of ai some of them are individuals creating new businesses super cool super interesting many of them are large corporations positioning to take advantage of this and break in stacks of cash you know, and I that may be careless of me to say it that way, but that's how I experience it from out here. Um, and part of the way they're going to make that cash is by subs by replacing humans with AI, their profit margins are going to go up extraordinarily. I don't see any of them setting aside a fund to create a universal basic income for all those people they displaced out of those giant extra profits coming into their coffers. I don't see anybody doing that. So AI is coming for all of us. If you were a corporate overlord and you wanted to to rule more of the world, you wouldn't get machine guns and robots to fight and shoot people. You would economically devastate them when they weren't looking quietly behind the scenes, making it look snazzy and cool, and just take them out that way then they're not we're very well equipped to fight back. So we just yeah, we just happen to be the front visible on the front lines right now, but there's so many people out there, look at artists, look at look at writers who don't have union protections, look at voice actors who don't have union protections. Like we all have to stand up. Thank God for this organization NAVA. This is the North American Voice Actors Association and it's I think I got that right, but NAVA. um nava.org. They are or I think it's Nava Voices is what they call themselves. Incredibly powerful organization run by incredible people, and they are fighting for everybody, union and non union, to have consent to their voice being used, compensation for their voice being used, and control over where their voice is being used. And I'm sorry, if you use mine or anyone else's voice without their permission, you have stolen from us. The law will eventually come down on that side. I believe, I have faith that it will. But to anyone wanting to take advantage of that in that gap, no respect, quite the opposite, quite the opposite. So we are all responsible for how we use AI. We're all responsible for what we do with AI. And it's AI is just a tool. What are we going to do with that tool? Are we going to stab people or cut up their food and feed them? What are we going to do? And that's an individual decision. I have never reposted an AI generated piece of art ever that I'm ever aware of. If I have, I will take it down tomorrow. Today, um, because it bothers me. I'm not, I'm not putting artists out of work. It's not right. It's not right. You know, I'm not stealing somebody else's style. It's wrong. You know, until the day comes when we all like some of this money goes into a coffer somewhere and people are taken care of universally, then we can all just play with the creative tools. Sign me up. But until then, that's not how the world's set up right now.
0: But I'm just amazed about the level of pushback that some of these studios are coming are, are kind of giving back on it because I mean, in my mind when I read everything that was going down I thought logically it's like yeah I mean it makes sense why would you why would you have the voice actor just do uh do something and then and then you're and then you being the studio saying oh we're going to replace instead of paying the person again uh for another role we'll just use her voices like like mm-hmm. likeliness and this sales for ai i mean logically it doesn't make any sense to me it's like, not uh, gonna work it's not yeah. gonna work
1: because what really wins people's hearts over in a game or a show or anything else is the expression of the human soul and i'm sorry you can make a line sound really good like a good delivery but it's not going to grab you in your soul it might grab you in your fear might grab you in your sense memory but it's not going to get your soul And that's what humans bring to the party. It's very short-sighted. That's part of why I don't want my work out there in AI because it's going to be a a substandard performance and I don't want my, my, that's not, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting that out there unless I have consent, compensation and control. And I've agreed like, okay, it will work here. That doesn't bother me. We can do that. Yes. Like, no, no, it's ridiculous. Yeah. No, there's, there's so many issues around it. They're just so many. And I think this is the time that we're at in, in technology. And the fact is the people who are making those decisions aren't making them through the lens of humanity. They're making them through the lens of profit. And if you look at, this is another one of my, I know on Instagram, it's a pinned post, which is in the 1960s, the average CEO salary was about 20 times employee wages. I'm like okay you know look you go through what you need to go through to start a company trust me i get it like it's <laughs> a lot it's a lot you know you do without a salary for a long time to to get something that you think will help people off the ground i get that totally that seems like a decent margin in the 1980s it was 40 something to 1 40 something dollars to every 1 dollar that an employee mm-hmm. made you want to guess what it is today
0: <laughs> today with everything inflated i'm assuming Like 200, 250, I I don't know.
1: 399 to one. The average CEO makes $399 for every dollar their employee makes. And this is at a time when, like some of these huge corporations, your Amazons, your Walmarts, are not even giving their employees basic benefits, which means that I know in the US structure specifically, when those people aren't getting medical benefits or they're not quite paid enough to make their bills. They then have to go and lean on social assistance. Those are government programs like, you know, food assistance and, you know, housing assistance sometimes and certainly medical assistance or they go bankrupt. That that government help. Who pays for that? You and me. Yeah, that's you and I have subsidized Walmart and Amazon with our tax dollars, but I don't see my shareholder check. I don't see anybody giving me a share of that company that I help run. And, and this is the insane thing. New drugs, new pharmaceutical medicines, drugs, are are routinely made with government grants or government funding. Routinely. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of a pharmaceutical paying the government back for that R&D. Never. But never they rank in the bucks on the other end, and they up us for the medicine that we paid for. That's they insane. Du-
0: they double they- dip.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and this all goes back to this honestly does fold back into the strike because when is it enough? And it's like Elysium. All those CEOs are in this sort of bubble layer comparing their salaries to each other's salaries going, well, Joe over there, he's, but I'm going to, I'm going to beat him in the game. And they have lost sight of all the people who make it possible. I saw this video. I think it was on Twitter. I I couldn't watch the whole thing because it moved my attention to a place that was not productive. The CEO at his meeting of CEOs, he was an Australian guy, and he was talking about how employees are getting too cocky and they need to be taught a lesson that they need us. We don't need them. And I'm like, wow,
0: you're
1: insane. You're like some badly written Marvel villain. Like you need to just shush because no, you've lost your mind. You know, yeah. I mean, did they not? Does a friend, you know, does Bastille Day not ring a bell? Like, <laughs> there was there was an article written several years ago by a really smart billionaire, um, Nick Hanauer. He, I believe, lives somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, and he's taken his billions and used it for good. Uh, for example, he was behind a lot of the research into the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage in Seattle. He funded studies and things to see. All right, everybody's freaking out that it's going to drown small business. Let's track it. Let's see what happens. And in fact, it did not tank small business. It actually helped and grew. Um, but he wrote an article years ago called The Pitchforks Are Coming. And it was from a zillionaire to his fellow zillionaires. He's a plutocrat. I had to look that up. It means somebody wealthy enough to influence public policy. And he's like, guys, we got to stop this. This is not people. The pitchforks are coming. Like the title says it all. And I'm like, Okay. Don't sit in mourn you.
0: <laughs>
1: It's just not, like you said, it's not common sense. It doesn't yeah. make sense. It's not sustainable. Everybody goes to the friggin Darwin thing, survival of the fittest. And this goes back to like the beginning of my career, what we were talking about. A friend of mine has an anthropology degree, and she's read that book a couple times at least that 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 text. And she said, everybody talks about survival of the fittest, and it's that's mentioned maybe half a dozen times in that text. What's mentioned a couple of hundred times, community and cooperation. Mm -hmm. That's how the human species has advanced and gotten where we are. Look at the internet. It is an open source technology, meaning you'll have to pay. It was just given out to the world and it just blew up. That's what's possible. And I'm excited for people to to just, let's just do more of that. Yeah,
0: that's a totally... I, I wouldn't really say it any better myself there. I totally, totally agree with you. I, mean, I really do. I, I have
1: opinions, lots of opinions.
0: No yeah. way, you, you don't, but hey, I'm totally with you there. Because like every time I think of like, just, I mean, like you're saying, I mean, AI is, is not necessarily the end all be all, but there's a lot of, I mean, this, but it just, it does uh come across the bigger level is the level of greed that people or individuals are, are kind of forcing upon it that's making you that that, 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 that kind of makes it feel like that, that they're like wondering why the smaller people below them are wanting wondering like why are you fighting for fighting for for uh, for, for this like they don't they, yeah. they're, they're, they're totally out of tune with what, what everyone else is wanting and then that, that yeah. that's that's what's infuriating it's like yeah. are you seriously can't logically see the problem of the, like yeah. uh, in this all you're yeah. seeing is dollar signs and really it's like you're not looking into the bigger picture of you know yeah. people uh, of just the people that are making you be the successful CEO of whatever you are, right? you know? Well, yeah.
1: And when you, when you, I was listening to Simon Sinek the other day, he's so brilliant. He was talking about Jack Welsh and, you know, when he died, the wall street journal said something about him. Like, you know, he, he made wall street very happy and people not very happy, you know? And like, I, I love, I often pay attention to, you know, the very elderly, And how they look at life, people on their deathbed and what they have to say. And I have yet to hear of anyone go, I wish I'd done made more money. Like it's always like, what about my family? What about my relationships? You know, what about the love part of it? What about the connection and the truly, truly uplifting people? And look, it's not anyone's job to lift anyone up, but to create an environment and a climate and a, a culture of uplifting humanity and others in general and celebrating each other and supporting each other. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite, I don't know what you call this, a parable or whatever. It's this thing where this guy, uh, I don't know why he's touring heaven and hell, but he is. And, um, he goes into, into hell and it's gorgeous. There's these long tables, beautifully decorated with incredible food, like, mm. Amazing food. And the tables are, everybody's sitting around the tables. And, but they all have these like, you know, two foot forks and knives and spoons strapped to their hands. And they're starving because they can't, they can't get the food in their mouth. And then he goes to hell. I'm oh, sorry, that was hell. And then he goes to heaven and it's identical. There's these long tables, gorgeous food, same thing, same utensils strapped to their hands. And everyone's feeding each other and they're full and they're happy i'm like for me that's, <laughs> that's a pretty good parable <laughs> That's really yeah, kind of good yeah i was like yeah sign me up for that one i want that one <laughs> Let's the, that. Hell, the heaven side not the other side i don't i don't want to live there and yeah. right now some countries are very much it's like
0: ugh, yeah oh, man. what are oh. you creating <laughs> yeah all right, well, here's my final question and hopefully a brighter note. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, I don't think that's
1: a dull note because we have we have the option of choice every day. Not only do we have the option of choice about what we do, we have the option to choose what we pay attention to and what you focus on grows. So when I see that stuff that I go, oh, I go, nope. You don't get my attention. I will not feed you to grow you. I'm going to I under, I'm not living in denial. I get that you're there. I'm now moving my attention over here and I choose to feed that. That's the world I want to live in. That's why that's why I did this. Like that's the world I want to live in. Yeah.
0: yeah definitely understand this mm-hmm. All right. And yeah. uh my final question to you yeah. is uh uh you've been in voice acting the voice acting industry for over 30 years and uh have uh, like done virtually a lot of different kinds of things uh yeah. in your in your eyes like how much has changed from then to now everything <laughs> i
1: mean some of the fundamentals have not changed at all it's interesting i was i was watching a singer the other day do her song live and i had just finished watching pink do a similar you know acoustic live version of a song which was mind-blowing because she's in the consummate professional artist everything joy maker everything and this newer person i could see like she has not put in the time she's she's a flash she's got her moment right now but she doesn't have the hours and hours and hours of showing up and doing the practice the body of doing the thing and the confidence that comes from doing the thing when nobody's looking Mm -hmm. and you just know you can do the thing no matter where you end up you know and those things about voice acting are the same putting in the time like it's that 25 cents a day you know put a quarter a day in the jar show up and do your time every day every day every day because it builds skills it builds confidence it builds awareness it builds learning it builds it, it just builds your craft and that word there's so much attention to flash in the pan and sudden success and going viral and like yay <laughs> hey, i know a couple of people who have like viral post this and viral post that is not life-changing It is some people, but it's if without that, it's not the thing that's going to make the difference. It's that steady showing up. And for those people who are those people who show up and they're steady and they're solid and amazing, that's what makes the difference for them. So that has not changed. Um, The fact that you need to know how to act, the fact, regardless of what aspect of the industry you're working in, um, acting is always a bonus. The fact that you need to create a physical instrument that can do what you need it to do. That has never changed. Like take singing lessons, do breath work, like do all that stuff, whatever your jam is, do that. Um, And, but what has changed is how it's done. We work mm-hmm. so much more in isolation. And again, I go back here, like this was designed to stop the isolation. <laughs> um, and, uh you know that has changed a lot we used to audition in rooms with human beings and now we're here in our own echo chamber which can be a really difficult thing sometimes because like mm-hmm. i said earlier community and connection are really powerful in in the you know in in the right moments um that has changed i will say there is so much content now it's fantastic the opportunities are just everywhere because i started my career in a non-union market and i it was years several years i worked in a non-union market and only when i moved to la did i fully enter the union space because i lived in what they called a right to work state so i could i could do both jobs and you know that's that can be very controversial but we are you know at we're union agnostic because it's about us all holding the line for the rates regardless of whether you're union or non-union it's about not undercutting each other it's about supporting each other it's about like i know that if we end up striking as voice actors there's so many independent artists who are not union who will be supporting us by not taking our jobs like that's i just know it's in place i know we are a, a solid beautiful group of people um so, I mean, there's, technology has changed, access has changed, you can create your own content now, the type of stuff. We have a, an infographic um, at Skills Hub about all the different ways to make a living with your voice. There's e-learning now, there's, you know, audio description, like all these crazy ways to make money with your voice. And, you know, only th- two or th- three of them are like the shiny objects of what people think about when they think about voice acting. There's so many more, and that's come with technology Right. It's cool. It's an exciting time. It's it's a little overwhelming because we are mm-hmm. definitely on a precipice. We're at a choice point. But I think those larger cultural choices are made by all of our individual choices. And if we just take care of our own choices, it's all it's all going to be OK.
0: Wow, yeah. that that's awesome. That's great. bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh jennifer thank you jennifer hill thank you so much for for being here i really appreciate thank it you. it's awesome i i, I could probably talk to you forever <laughs> yeah, i really enjoyed our conversation thank you thanks for having me i really enjoy yes. everybody out
1: there thank you for for listening for watching for playing for being there we without you we don't get to do this so thank you that yeah. is
0: awesome and uh uh, f- uh folks if you wanted uh uh definitely uh, if you definitely love this interview with uh, with jennifer hill like uh that we did today it's probably one of my favorites to be honest with you But uh, if you check out all the other episodes that we have uh, that we do release on all our webs uh, on our website, confreaksgeeks.com, to check out the full library of everything that we have done so far. So, uh, guys, once again, this is Davis signing off. Y'all take it easy.